Hi, I'm Erica Pandy. Welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Monday, October 25th, and we're focused on COVID vaccines. There's been a lot of big news on COVID boosters recently. The CDC endorsed a recommendation for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson booster vaccines, opening up millions of Americans to get their booster shots. And the CDC also recommended the mixing and matching of COVID vaccines, letting people choose whatever boosters they want, no matter which kind of vaccine they originally got. But in much of the world, people are still trying to get their first round of shots. And while experts are predicting this winter won't see the same surge of COVID cases as last year, thanks to vaccination rates, there's still a lot of unknowns. Could we be one step closer to a post-pandemic world? In a moment, Axios reporter Tina Reed with the latest on how vaccines are changing the trajectory of the pandemic. And we're joined now by Axios' healthcare editor, Tina Reed. She's here with a COVID update. Hey, Tina. Hello. So, Tina, back when I was getting vaccinated, the CDC recommended I get whatever vaccine I can first get my hands on. So I went with the Johnson & Johnson. And since then, there have been some pretty mixed reports about its efficacy, but then the FDA authorized mixing and matching of vaccines for boosters. So what should I do? So that's one of the big questions a lot of people have, in particular, a lot of the people who got Johnson & Johnson vaccines. What we've heard from the FDA advisors this week was a strong feeling that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine probably should have been a two-dose series to begin with, the way the mRNA vaccines were. It's not surprising that the efficacy was lower and it was specifically tested with one dose because they wanted to make it easier for people to get fully vaccinated for those people who wouldn't have come back for a second dose. So they're not entirely surprised that the efficacy is lower. In terms of what people should be seeking out, a lot of experts have pointed to there are some rare health side effects that have occurred with all the vaccines. So for instance, for a young woman, for a woman who is pregnant or on birth control, they may want to get one of these mRNA vaccines because there's a lower chance of side effects taking that route, whereas a young man may want to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to side effects that were associated with the mRNA vaccines. So it really depends on who you are. But the one point that the experts really wanted to push was, if you can get the shot, get the shot. Don't worry so much about which one it is. There might be some reason to take advantage of that new flexibility. So vaccines are readily available here in the U.S., but it's not so in all parts of the world. Is there an ethical dilemma with U.S. citizens getting booster shots before many around the world get a first dose? It depends on who you're talking to. There are a lot of people that are worried that this is an ethical issue, that if we are not helping people get their very first vaccine, that we shouldn't be talking about getting Americans who do have a really good protection from their vaccines here, another boost. However, the Biden administration would say you can do both at the same time. You can talk about getting boosts for Americans while also helping the rest of the world. So that's kind of an open question. So we thought this past summer that things would look better in terms of cases here in the U.S., but then the Delta variant came around and that wasn't true anymore. Are we finally getting past that now? What are things going to be like in the next few months? I've been really heartened by the conversations I've been having with public health officials the last couple of days. They are feeling pretty optimistic about this winter. As you'll recall, last winter, we spent 
a lot of time in our homes, eating takeout instead of going to restaurants. We were spending the holidays apart. It wasn't a great winter. They're saying that we're going to be a lot closer to some semblance of normal or at least closer to where we are now. Um, they're not expecting to see those massive surges like we've seen in the past. They feel like perhaps we have reached a level of immunity in the U.S., either through natural immunity or vaccination, that we shouldn't see what we saw last winter. That being said, they always leave it with a caveat that we never really know if there's going to be another variant that could change the story. And is that true for all parts of the country, or are public health officials more optimistic about some more vaccinated parts than others? So it's definitely different for certain areas that have lower vaccination rates but higher levels of natural immunity. They don't necessarily have the same level of protection against different variants of uh, the COVID virus. And so they did warn that there probably will be local flare-ups across the country, but we might not see perhaps the overrunning of hospitals on a broad level the way we did last year. And as we've talked about COVID and the pandemic itself, public health officials have also talked about a second pandemic of mental health running alongside this. Last week, the American Academy of Pediatrics declared a mental health emergency among children and young adults. Do we know what the root causes are here? So if you think about it, we've all been impacted by COVID at some level. We've all been through this big change in our routines. For many, it's been very traumatic. And kids are going through the same thing adults are going through, but they're going through it at a time that can be very formative. It's their developmental years, especially for school-age kids. This was a really big change for them, and they've had a lot to adjust to. For some kids, being out of school was actually really good for them or they liked it because they may have some sort of social challenges when they're in the school. But for a lot of kids, not having that social interaction every day was really difficult. And so we've had an increase in kids who have had mental distress of some sort and who really need some extra support. And we really have an access problem in this country. So it kind of is creating a problem where we don't have enough resources to help these kids. And we have more kids than ever that do need some more support. And you talked about disrupted routines. It's been weird this fall because some things, like you say, seem like they're going back to normal. I'm seeing some friends and family again, going back to my favorite restaurants. But I was also recently at an airport and I can't imagine a time where I won't need to wear a mask on a plane uh, or I'll feel comfortable not wearing a mask on a plane. Will we get to that post-COVID world anytime soon? So experts say they see us being kind of in this current state or something like it for at least a couple of years. They're always really careful, once again, to give that nuance of, we don't know what's coming. And Delta truly showed us that we don't necessarily always know what's coming. But the thought is that we probably will have to take some of these safety measures for the foreseeable future, and it'll just become part of our lives as we learn to live with COVID. Tina Reed is Axios's healthcare editor and author of the Axios Vitals newsletter. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Erica. Welcome back. One other thing we're watching today. A record high 58% of American companies raised workers' wages in the last three months. That's according to a survey from the National Association of Business Economists. We're seeing this rise because companies are currently waging a war for talent. The pandemic has triggered a wave of resignations across industries as people rethink their careers. And on top of that, 
Many workers who are leaving their jobs have money saved up from decreased spending during the pandemic or unemployment benefits, and they're taking their time to really figure out what they want to do next, leaving companies scrambling to fill the growing number of open roles. Look for wages to keep going up as firms get more and more desperate to recruit talent. That's all for today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.